There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy, co-hosted by me, Zivi Owens, and Tracy Cox, who is the author of 17 books and an international sex expert. We are the duo behind the TikTok viral sensation account called With Zivi and Tracy, and you should definitely listen to this podcast in which I ask Tracy three anonymously sourced questions each episode, which you can also enter at www.sextalkwithzivian.com and tracy.com and it's sex talk s-e-x-t-o-k to reflect our tiktok viral success i hope you enjoy enter your questions on our website listen up send it to friends and please rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts enjoy hi tracy how's it going i'm all right i've just been watching your fabulous press conference and i'm very excited about the podcast show very excited. Yes, I'm so excited. Now I have launched Zcast, and this show is a part of the Zcast network powered by Acast, which sells ads and all that. Um, yeah, and so now we have two new shows joining our show, and moms don't have time to read books. In fact, I have to introduce you to Julie and Alicia, who are mm-hmm. the other podcast hosts. But Julie has a show called Ask a Librarian, and Alicia Fernandez Miranda has a show called Quit Your Day Job, and they're both Zivi books authors. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, so when do they launch over. now? Are they out there now? We should be releasing Julie's first episode imminently. And I think Alicia in one or two weeks. So very right. So you'll put them on, on social media, right? Yeah. I'll have to listen and see whether we've got competition. If they're better than no, ours, totally I'll have something to say. No, 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 no. <laughs> totally. They're all different little niches. Um, Julie, is a school, Julie is a school librarian and her show is more library-centered books mm. and asking other librarians and bookish. It's in the bookish theme. And Alicia's is more about changing careers, pursuing your dream career, and and all of that. Sounds great. Yeah. Sounds good. So not sexy then. No, we are, we are, we are, I'm not doing another sex podcast. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that to be, I knew that. Right. You've got the questions we're, there ready to go. We're in a monogamous podcasting relationship. <laughs> um, okay. So three questions for today's episode. The first one, and again, I say this every time, but if you have an anonymous question, all you listeners out there, please go to sextalkpod.com, S-E-X-T-O-K. P-O-D, sextalkpod.com, and send us the questions. We read them all. Okay, the first one. My wife and I are stuck in a rut when it comes to sex positions and only do it doggy style or from behind. Any suggestions for how to shake things up a bit without going into Kama Sutra-like contortions? I did love that uh, you, your voice went quiet over doggy style just as the dog walked past you. Yeah, it's true. Mind. I know. Are you worried about offending the dog? I do. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to make her feel uncomfortable. You know? Oh, poor little dog. <laughs> We're a big dog, actually. Um, well, I think that well, the average couple only use two to three positions, actually, mainly 
missionary, hair on top and doggy style. That's what most couples, you know, um, alternate between. And there are only five positions, really. There's the three I've just said, along with side-by-side positions and sitting and, and facing positions where you're sitting or kneeling. I mean, all the, there are 600 positions documented, by the way, but they are all things. I mean, the, the difference between them is you've cocked a little toe or like one leg slightly at a different angle. I mean, they basically are all variations of those five. So don't feel too bad about not mixing it up because not too many people do but it is quite easy to mix it up the first one is to do the positions but in a different place I mean doggy style if you're always doing it in bed suddenly becomes wildly exciting if you're bending her over the sofa in the lounge room so different positions can different um, locations can really sort of amp up the excitement level another good thing to do is to start in one position and segue into another one. And this is particularly good if you want to try something a little bit more challenging, like the wheelbarrow position, which I'm sure you've done that, Zibby. You know that one? We do not talk about me on the show. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, so the wheelbarrow, for anyone who doesn't know, it's quite famous though, is basically she's on the floor looking like she's doing a handstand. He's grabbing her um, sort of he's holding her up by basically putting his hands underneath the top of her thighs so it looks like a wheelbarrow, right? So that sort of shape. But as you can appreciate, it is quite difficult to hold that for a very long time. Um, Most couples try it once and that's about it. But you could try it and then you can very easily go from that by dropping to the floor and suddenly you're in a classic doggy style position. So moving from one position to another one is a good way to sort of mix it up a bit. Um, I think another good thing is if you, any lying position, you can sort of zap life into it by doing it head to toe. So I'll explain what I mean. So this is a man writing it, isn't it? So so he would line his back, she would face his feet, she'd straddle his hips and lower herself onto his erect penis. So basically she's now in reverse cowgirl. Right? Sure, you know what that is, Sophie. Right, if she wants to. I mean, what is this? Don't leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) Right, if she wants to take it further, so she's in reverse cowgirl, she extends her legs backward and she lowers her torso down. So basically, her feet are next to his head and she's lying on top of him. I've like totally lost you at this point. Okay, well, so imagine, so you're, she's basically straddling him, facing away. Then her torso leans forward and her legs go back. So she's flattening Mm. down, right? Got it, okay. So so he's facing one way, she's facing another. Her feet are near his head, you know, and the other way around, his feet are near her head, right? So you have to thrust very slowly like this. It's quite an unusual position, very unusual feeling. And then... When you want to, it's a bit like changing positions. When you want to rev it up a bit and finish, she then pulls herself back up again and here she is in reverse cowgirl again. It makes sense if you can just sort of take it slowly and follow the instructions. Another quick way to zap things up is to simply face away, you know, face in the other direction. It can make even the most boring positions, you know, it's quite... Um, challenging to do this anyway and so you have a bit of fun reversing it but it's quite an easy way to turn very mundane things into quite exotic things pillows under her bottom makes a complete change in the feel because it alters the angle of the vaginal canal Um, missionary style with like becomes wildly exciting again if you have her kind of with her torso off the bed 
again with her hands on the floor, almost like she's doing a handstand. This sounds really weird and it feels weird because all the blood rushes to your head. But um, orgasms like that, she's wiping her brow. I'm just like, this is like a level of acrobatics. I'm I'm <laughs> impressed that everyone else is doing this. Uh, I think you know, it sounds this is like being in advanced yoga all of a sudden. Like, but, <laughs> you know, more power to anybody who can be upside down. And do, do all like these things. I think it sounds more exotic. And it's really hard to actually do positions on a podcast because you can't have any pictures. The other thing you can do is change thrusting style. So you might do, you know, three, keep your hips together, grinding together. You might do three really slow thrusts and two quite, you know, fast, deep ones. That's a Kama Sutra technique. So there are plenty of ways to do it. The other way is to change the position to suit the orgasm. So say you're aiming for a G-spot orgasm for her, that would mean you behind or her on top. Um, if you're aiming for a clitoral orgasm, any access, any position that allows easy access, you know, with your fingers or a vibe to her clitoris. If you want to do a blended orgasm, that means double stimulation. So it might be him from behind and using a, a butt plug on her or a vibrator on her. So there's all that sort of thing. But I do want to talk about two positions that look very impressive and actually feel great. And they're not difficult, seriously. One's called the hook. So she's lying on her back. He's on top. And then she just puts her legs up over his shoulders, right? And what this does is it it, it feels very primitive because she's completely exposed and it allows very deep penetration. And if she crosses her ankles, in which case she'd be crossing her ankles behind his neck, it helps to tighten the vaginal canal. So it's quite a good position if you've got like a smaller penis with a bigger vagina. And it's quite a good position. It's quite a primitive sort of very lusty position. The other one is more... I would say sensuous, and it's called the starfish. So picture a starfish, right? So you're both lying on the bed, head in different directions, and then you scissor your legs so they're sort of coming together like that. So they're, do you see what I'm saying? So you're at one end and your legs are apart, so you're like a starfish and you're joining together. How, how would you explain that? I think Does you that make sense? Job. Linking together. Okay. <laughs> so now, <laughs> then you hang on to each other's hands for leverage, right? Now, this is a brilliant position for achieving a kind of grinding of the pelvises. So the cat technique, which we've talked about before, the coital alignment technique, which basically says the whole traditional thrusting thing of moving in and out and taking pressure away from the clitoris is not going to help at all with her orgasm. You need to keep the hips close, the pelvises close, and kind of rock together rather than you know, completely he withdraws and then goes back in again. So that's, um, so try those, the starfish and the hook. And if you just look them up online, if that was all a bit confusing, they will come up and you'll see a diagram. And the minute you see a diagram, of course, it all becomes very simple, doesn't it? I'm, I'm exhausted just having that conversation with you. I don't even know. I'm like sitting here, my back injury. I'm like, oh my gosh, whatever. Oh no, oh, I forgot anyway. you got a back injury. No, it's fine. It's fine. I'm like... I, I appreciate all the all the tips and I'm, I'm imagining people all being like writing notes on these and seeing how it goes. So good luck, everybody. Good luck. Yes, <laughs> Go forth and conquer. Um, okay, question two. I noticed that whenever I wake up during the night, my partner has an erection. I asked him one morning if he'd had a sex dream and he looked embarrassed and said yes. I didn't ask him what it was about, but guessed by his reaction that it wasn't about me. I know we can't control our dreams, but it's left me feeling angry and jealous. If I see he's hard in the night, which he often is, it makes me paranoid. I know I'm building this up to be more than it is, but how do I stop? 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mm. First of all, a biology lesson. Now, he might well be having a wild dream about Kim Kardashian and strawberry jam, but the chances are he probably isn't because most men have nighttime erections, right? The average healthy guy has between three to five erections per night. And it's always during rapid eye movement stage of sleep. Um, and they think because during um, REM sleep, the brain sort of, there's several bursts of different brain waves, which kind of cause our pulse to race, our breathing to speed up. And this sort of, and our eye zigzag, hence the name rapid eye movement, is really weird. Have you ever watched someone in, in eye, rapid eye movement sleep? You really can see their eyes really zigzagging underneath the eyelids. And this triggers the nervous system, makes it aroused, which in turn triggers a reflex erection, right? So that's all that's happening. He's not lying there dreaming about the girl he works with or anything like that. It is just a little biology thing that happens to the body. And it's very good for his penis, actually, because it keeps some blood flowing and makes sure that, you know, blood's pumping through the body and doing its job and all that sort of stuff. It's also, by the way, very handy to work out whether an erectile dysfunction problem is to do with whether it's psychological or physical, because if he can get an erection in his sleep, it's not physical. It means that there's some sort of psychological issue if he can't get one while he's awake. So it's a very useful thing to get nocturnal erections. And he's not the only one because they, they researchers have, you know, monitored up the, um, the genitals in women and they've seen that when they sleep, the same thing happens. The vagina expands and lubricates, blood rushes to the area. So we're also getting aroused, but he's not under the covers <laughs> having a look to see whether your clitoris is expanding or not. So it's less obvious. So it happens to us as well. Now, this, of course, should completely be the answer to the question and it's going to make you calm down. But it's not because I don't think this question is about the nocturnal erections. I think it's about this woman wanting to control her husband's things, you know, her, his thoughts, his dreams, his fantasies, all the things that you cannot control in another person. And the first thing I want to say about that is it, you'll just end up driving yourself completely nuts because how do you police it? You can't read people's minds. And honestly, Zibby, when I was in my 20s, I remember having this massive blazing row with my boyfriend. Um, and I think I'd said to him, what are you thinking about? And he made a joke and said, oh, wouldn't you like to know or something like that? And then I went, I was like, Who do, do you ever dream about other people? Do you ever think about other people? Do you ever fantasize about other people? And basically, 
got him to just swear to me that this would never, ever happen. And when I look back, I think, oh, my God, I, how sad was I and how foolish and how insecure. And he promised. And I wonder, like, I hope I haven't left him all scarred that now when he has a fantasy, he thinks, oh, my God, that's so bad. But it's it's a very normal thing in your you know early 20s, I think, or late teens, early 20s, to want to be the only person that your partner ever thinks about sexually. But it's just not doable, is it? I mean, fantasies are a release valve of the constraint of monogamy, I would say. I mean, they're very normal. They're just daydreams with sex in them. You know, they're not secret wishes either. It doesn't mean that you want to run out and do whatever you say. Dreams aren't secret wishes. Even if you're dreaming over and over about something, it's generally, they don't they don't really think that dreams mean anything at all. They're just your subconscious getting rid of stuff. Um, so I would say there is just do yourself a favour and stop checking the erections and just accept that you cannot control other people. You know, you, you've got to let people have their... I mean, his private thoughts are his private thoughts, and so are his dreams. And I also think the more you get paranoid with people and accuse them of cheating, the more likely they are to cheat. Because if they, you know, I think people get to the point where they think, oh, for God's sake, if I'm going to be accused of it, I might as well do it. But the bottom line here is insecurity. Why are you feeling like this? What can your partner do to make you feel more secure? Because that's underlying everything. This is not about the nighttime erections. It's about you not feeling secure with him. Agree? Agree. I'm I'm still like thinking about all of the activity going on in the middle of the night and, and what devices could be constru- constructed to to measure this like if if men have to start wearing like a certain pair of underwear with like radar or you know that they, they would wake up in the oh. morning you know like at one of those sleep bands that they wear and t- tell how they slept you know could they incorporate this on like the apple watch in some way <laughs> do you know what they used to do when stamps you know postage stamps used to come in a strip mm-hmm. they used to put postage seriously postage stamps around the penis tape it up and then if you woke up and the postage stamps can't say speak properly had broken then it meant that he had a nighttime erection that was how they used to work out whether he was going to get a physical erection during sleep can you believe that i mean no but it's true it's just bizarre totally bizarre bizarre. you know i learn something new every day (laughs) (laughs) the new Um, use for those stamps that you don't um, want anymore but you know the issue of this woman's insecurity I would say she needs to look into that herself and in mm. her own therapy. And just like you're saying, why is she so feeling so threatened? Um, I also think that men, the, the the notion that men being accused of cheating so much that they just want to cheat anyway. I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> no, I didn't mean, no, not just men. I mean, people, I mean, people in that you, I mean, I had massive jealousy problems and, and I was so determined to find that, you know, find that cheating and find that infidelity somewhere that I just destroyed the relationship. Mm. And they didn't end up running off and cheating. But I, I do, I, and I've been on the other end of it, and I remember thinking, oh, for God's sake, I might as well be out there doing all this. I'm going to be accused of it all the time. So I don't think it's a male thing. I think it's just I a, think. you know, it's sort of, it's a sabotage thing, mm-hmm. it's a, isn't it? It's just a sabotage thing. And it's all to do with attachment style and if you're anxious and if you're secure. And I was definitely anxious at that point. And I think this lady sounds like she's an anxious attachment style and it just doesn't, it just makes you go round and round and round in circles. And you don't achieve anything other than destroy the relationship. So the takeaway is if you are feeling this way, perhaps invest in a psychoanalysis session or two and figure out why you're yeah. feeling so threatened. Um, or even a self-psychoanalysis. I think there's so much research out there if you don't want to, or you haven't got the money to go and see a, um, 
a therapist. There's so many great books now and there's so many podcasts and so many, you can really find out an awful lot. Okay. Um, okay. Question three. My boyfriend of four years has finally asked me to marry him, but the proposal has arrived after years of arguing about it. He thinks marriage is an outdated tradition and weddings are a waste of money. I am traditional and want a big wedding and a big dress. We're already arguing about the logistics. Am I making a big mistake? I feel like I've forced him into it. Mm. What's your take on that then? Oh, boy. Um, First of all, there's a difference between being married and being committed to be with someone forever, right? Marriage Mm -hmm. is one thing. It's one way of publicly acknowledging it. It's a legal confine. It's not, you know, maybe this man or the boyfriend, maybe he just has an issue with marriage. According to younger people I know, marriage is like not the thing necessarily anymore. So many people are not even getting married and they're like, why bother with, so, Mm. but they still commit to people. Um, I don't know. This just has some red flags waving in the wind for me, this whole situation. What do you think? Mm -mm. I think I totally agree with you. And I think that there, it's, it's, I don't think you, I mean, it certainly doesn't mean you're incompatible if you have different views about marriage because plenty of couples do, but I think you have to both agree on a compromise that makes you both happy. And to me, this is not a compromise at all on her part. She's still got the big wedding with the big dress and he's, after years of fighting, has said yes, but he's not being gracious either and saying, look, this is really important to you, so look, you have your day. He's fighting her every step of the way. Mm-hmm. So there's been four years of fighting a decision made that has not solved anything at all. And and I think, I mean, I wonder if she's asked him the question, if you had to get married, darling, what would the ceremony look like? What would you envisage as something that would be good? Because there are so many solutions out there. There's like, okay, well, maybe we won't get married in a church or maybe we'll keep it small and more like a party in front of our friends. Maybe, you know, we won't have the, um, and the cost, that's another thing about young people not being bothered about it. So many people are just saying, this is ridiculous because most weddings, big weddings are expensive. And there are so many better things you could put that money towards, like a deposit on a, a piece of property or a great holiday. Or, I mean, I've never understood the whole spend a fortune on a wedding thing. But, um, but it does sound like he's compromised and you haven't, which is probably why you're still fighting. But I think, as you pointed out, Sibby, are you arguing about the marriage and the wedding day or is there a fundamental difference in the way you both view life and relationships? Because... If marriage means staying together forever and providing a nice home for children, then you don't actually need a marriage to do that, do you? Exactly as you said, that just because he's anti-marriage doesn't mean he's anti-staying together and being monogamous and everything. But have we actually, have you actually got past the fighting and the surface to get to the deep and meaningful reasons? Because the most obvious is parents. You know, if she's had a lovely, you know, parents got married, grown up, they were all loving. She's been given a, you know, a great front row seat to this perfect marriage. Then of course you want that for yourself. If you've grown up with parents who didn't have a great marriage and there was a lot of arguing and a horrible, messy divorce, it was really acrimonious, you're probably not going to be a fan of marriage. So, and I would suggest, I bet these these are the solutions, scenarios for this couple she's had a great experience he hasn't and as much as it's her dream to want to replicate what she's seen it's also traumatic to him and makes sense for him not to want to do that 
because it would set off so many triggers for him. So you need to work out, so why is he so anti? Is it the cost? Is it the attention? Is it because his parents' marriage, he saw that disintegrate? What's outdated about it for him? Is it the pomp and ceremony and standing up in a church when you never go there another time? Or is it that he finds monogamy outdated? Which is it? So what exactly is it? Mm -hmm. For her, like, what does the big day or dress give you that, you know, you can't just get from... Being together, is it about the, if it's about the dress and about the day, seriously, is it so important to you that you might damage your relationship? Mm -hmm. So I think they need to really dig below the surface because it doesn't seem to me like they have and then come up with a solution and really compromise because this isn't a compromise. I understand that dream. She has to listen. She has to listen to him too. I mean, the wedding involves two people and I don't hear, I just, I wish I heard something in the question about how much she was in love with him or mm. she's so excited to be with him as opposed to she just really wants a big wedding, which is different. The wedding yes. ends after a night, you know, it's like a blur anyway. Exactly. Very over- <laughs> overrated at times. Yeah. But the marriage is like, this is a, you know, yes. I don't know. I think and, they need to have a few more, a, a few more big talks. Um, and I, I can't say that she's making a big mistake. She, it might be the perfect person for her, but they really have to both work on communication. I think exactly. That's and four years of arguing about this, four years, yeah, and then but, to I mean, have actually, he's finally said yes, and it's still not right. So will you also, if you go ahead with the big dress and the big wedding, will you be forever arguing about, well, if you hadn't spent all the money on the wedding, well, if we hadn't blah, 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 you know, is it, it's never going to end, is it? It's never going yeah, to Yeah, you, you don't necessarily want to go into a marriage after you've been fighting for four years. It's not going to, like, make the fighting go away. No. Marriage just makes the fighting increase. I don't know. Okay. I, think she should take a, I think she should take a little pause and work through some of these things. And mm. I think she should just wait a minute because marriages and weddings are two totally different things. They absolutely well put that completely different things. And maybe, I mean, I don't know whether she is, if she's going for the big dress and the wedding, I presume it might be in a church. Often they they provide those pre-marriage counselling sessions, Mm -hmm. don't they? Counselling sessions. Because they're not good at resolving conflict if they've been arguing about this for four years and they're still arguing about it. So once the wedding's not there to argue about, are you just going to start arguing about something else? Or, you know, do you just like the arguing? Right. Good luck figuring out what school your kids should go to, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Parenting styles and all sorts of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot lot more things to argue about once you have kids. Yeah, that's right. Um, Anyway. Okay. So sex tip or sex challenge of the week? Sex sex challenge of the week is to sleep naked. Now, I'm sure if you have small children that crawl into bed unannounced, possibly this isn't something you want to do. But otherwise... Ditch all your clothes, get in bed with each other, because this does much more for your sex life than you think. And the first thing it does is it makes you vulnerable. And I think if you're in a marriage and you're sort of getting a bit of resentment and a bit of hatred going, which often happens at different times, seeing your partner naked and being naked, you feel defenseless. And that's very good for you to feel like that and to see your partner looking like that. The feel of the sheets makes you feel very sensuous. So it gets, and it also encourages couples to get into the habit of touching each other naked without it necessarily leading to sex. Okay. So that's very good thing as well. Um, Of course, it will lead to you having more sex because when you're naked and you're in bed and, you know, why not? Um, The only time I would say that this isn't an idea is if you have severely mismatched 
libidos because if you've got somebody who doesn't want sex or somebody who wants lots of sex in bed naked it's probably not a very good idea um the other thing i would i would say is if you haven't had sex for a long long time with your partner and suddenly you pop into bed naked well that's going to well actually it's probably not a bad idea because it will force a conversation it will make some <laughs> discomfort and force a conversation but otherwise i think sleeping naked is what you did when you get first together. It wouldn't occur to you to get up and put your clothes on, would it? And yet somehow when you're in a relationship, I mean, I should take my own advice because I was just thinking, I don't sleep naked anymore. Miles does, my partner does, but I don't. So I should. It's something that you All right. You have your own sex challenge yes, for the weekend. Yes, it's sex. I'll be there freezing. It's freezing at the moment. But anyway, <laughs> I'll be freezing. But Report back in next time. <laughs> find yeah. out how she loves Casey's it. Turning it back on me. sleep went. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh I shall gosh. report back. Report back. All right. Well, we hope that everybody has been enriched by our conversation today, um, has some new tips for positions, a little less insecurity perhaps, or maybe a new commitment to thinking through some decisions and and Mm. tapping into your own uh, communication style and all of that. Um, All of these are really good things, sex or not. These are good relationship and life lessons. So, so thanks, Tracy. <laughs> Thank you. I don't think you could ever really separate your sex and your relationship, your sex life no. and your relationship. They're all so intertwined because they play out on each other. But yes, okay, we should come up with some new, well, I hope people send in some really good ones for next week. There's so many to choose from now. Yes, it's really fun. All right. Yeah. All right, Tracy. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy. If you want more from Tracy, she has a column on Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. So check that out too. Thanks again. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.